Hey everybody, welcome to the 86th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just want to remind y'all, check out our Patreon if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits like early access to our Fest footage, MathCore Index Fest 2022, drum cams, all kinds of cool shit. And uh, right away, I just want to mention that September 2nd was a hell of a day for the genre. Killer releases from Callus Dowboys, Sunflower, and a newish EP from Fawn Limbs. So that being said, the first release we're going to talk about is the Callus Dowboys. Aw, yeah, motherfuckers. So the Callus Dowboys are a mathcore septet from Atlanta, Georgia. At this point, you probably already know and love them, but if you don't already know, back in 2019, the band released Die on Mars via Acrobat Unstable and our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records, which many considered to be kind of like the band's hot damn and uh, an essential addition to the mathcore canon. You know, it just had such catchy fucking riffs and just such memorable lyrics and just endless quirkiness, basically. It's that initial, like, solid release. They blossomed to, into, into their sound that they've continued ultimately, you know, just kind of defining what they were going to be, I guess, you know. Yes, I think it was a, a sound-defining album, for sure. So now the band are back with their second full-length album, Celebrity Therapist, which they released September 2nd via MNRK Heavy. Part of the Mathcore Christmas drop. Yes, indeed. Uh, and they are uh, on the same label, actually, as Rilla Tomasi, who are, they're currently on tour with. And the band was recorded again with Corey Batista, who also did the band's debut, Die on Mars. And it just has... First of all, I just want to... The production on this album is fucking great. I really love how the guitars take that like kind of like clean, overdriven tone on a lot of... I mean, they still have like the feedbacky breakdown parts, but like the clean, overdriven guitars are just really nice well said well said yeah uh the production's amazing i i would say just overall it sounds sounds great uh very pro i really want to touch on carson's vocals uh lyrical content uh just in just, top form on just this record. top form i i was talking to christian before this we, we don't like to gush that much before we record but we caught ourselves talking uh after we were walking down from the roof there about carson quite a bit but um I want, I want to say that uh, vocally and lyrically, Carson really has stepped it up. He's already a strong vocalist, but I feel like really stepped into and finally tuned this art of being a, I guess it'd be half a metal vocalist, hardcore vocalist, and also a Southern preacher. Some really amazing kind of talky, ranty, preachy parts through the tracks. Uh, and even just um, the, uh, the lyrics that you can kind of audibly hear without looking at the lyric sheet uh, it, it just it kind of screams like this southern preacher um, so yeah and, and just lyrically too I, I love the lyrics on this album um, I know a lot of I, if we were talking early, earlier as well that uh, the lyrics are already upsetting a few people online and you know what that's good that's good I think it's a strong reaction for yep. sure and that's that's always a good sign yeah Carson definitely in top form as a vocalist and a lyricist just very cryptic and sardonic lyrically equal parts like sarcasm and sanctimoniousness like you're saying yes. with the preacher thing where you literally feel like you're hearing a sermon at times I mean there's also points where it kind of just feels like verbal diarrhea um, the, the ranty thing that's what I was, I was I mentioned ranty yeah. like the line about dripping with the matricide of comparable bungee cord static from time loops or the line about authentically spiritual pollution my brumation will still make me ill-bred plastic wrap around the supernova's atmosphere I'm sort of reading this and not in like the right cadence, but just like it's like excuse it's like, me. Uh, it's, th- those are like it's a uh, you, it's like you tripped on shrooms last night and you texted me that last no, night wait, thinking it was the, a good idea. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's the thing is like as nonsensical as those lines seem, like they're never like useless. You know, they're always yeah. they're always placed in a moment where it like it kind of almost. I mean, it's like 
it's a musical potpourri already. Like, why not have like a lyrical potpourri as well? I suppose. Yep. Uh, there's a lot to unpack lyrically, like, but the level of self-aware humor that is on this record has just been turned up even more since Die on Mars. And like, the fact that they have the gall to shout themselves out in the in, in Star Baby, you know, with the <laughs> I want my callous Dabways. That is such a defining and iconic moment for this band. Where it's yeah, just like, yep, said it. <laughs> you you definitely earned that. Like you have just established yourself as such a um, a beloved band in the scene, and having that level of like intelligent and self aware humor, I think, yeah, they, they really just hit horse the band level yep. of, of humor. We're a funny band, you know. Um, I so. I look at I I know we've already mentioned like how many members in this band, but my God, seven fucking members in this band. Uh, it is a crew. It's a it's a gang basically. It's a gang. Uh, I mean, when I do listen to the album, I don't hear seven people. Which I mean, hopefully, like on tour and like musically, it's it's worth the investment. But I was even telling Christian before, I'm like, how does everybody fucking make any money in this goddamn band? Yeah, how does everyone get fucking, paid? How does anybody yeah. get paid? Like, yeah, you just seven ways. Yeah. yeah, I fucking definitely hate those those uh those uh those bedroom projects that are actually selling records and shit like that when you got seven people on tour. But um, it, to their credit, like I'm just crunching numbers here. I just had to do that. <laughs> no, for sure. To their credit, though, it's like the the members that they go on tour with are like actually doing shit live. Like Absolutely. They, they've got two live guitarists, a bassist, obviously Jackie does vocals, backup vocals. Excuse me. And then they've got um, either Abby or Whitney doing like auxiliary, you know, keys and sound and like yep. backup singing and vocals. Yep. Um, and then of course a, a bassist as well. Yeah. But I think that the un- unofficially that the seventh member is usually like a horn player, like Rich Castillo, I think is the person's name who does saxophones. Yep. Um, so uh, I would like to kind of, you know, tweak the, our, our, our critique here a little bit. I mean, we've been positive, but I would like to say that uh, overall, this album is quite lengthy um, for the track listings uh, as well. Um, each track, as impressive as it is, I feel that it's um, it's a lot of everything. And it's a lot of in and out. I'm like, I feel like I am kind of stepping in and out of like different parties, like into another door and like kind of step <laughs> into something else. And it's really abrupt. Like I wasn't planning on stepping into like this slow down party, but like, yeah. So um, I, I, I caught myself numerous times through this album being like, wait, what track? Oh, it, oh, oh, this is still track one. Okay. And then I'd be at track two or track three. Like, oh, oh, it's, oh, it's still track three. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Like that kind of thing. Um, And uh, it almost made me start checking my watch i'm like when is this album like what's happening here like that kind of thing so um i will have to go back to this album i really do need to like set my phone down it's almost like uh i need to have an activity where i can let the album play because i did check my i did notice myself being a little antsy and just where i was in the album and i don't like to feel lost in something i'm fucking really enjoying you know i hear what you're saying i I do agree that some of the tracks felt a bit bloated, like they were maybe trying to do stuffed in there, you know, trying to just do a bit too much on every song. Like it's almost like they're trying to put like the square peg through the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like field sobriety practice in particular was the one where I was like, this one kind of feels a bit all over the place. Yeah. That one, that was the one where I could specifically point to it being just maybe <clears throat> Trying to do too much. And I, I want to correct myself earlier. I did, like, describe this album as lengthy. What I did mean to say was it it's it felt lengthy. 
Because I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's not like it's twelve tracks. Twelve tracks, you know, right? Like that kind it's, of thing. It's but. it's eight tracks, and every track is between four, four and eight, eight minutes, eight, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I didn't mean it. To, it just it felt lengthy, just because I most like there was, well, was certainly longer than Die on Mars. So mm. yeah, but once again, I mean, I, and I. I'm all right with that. Um, you know, they're they're advancing, they're they're trying things out. You know, but overall, yeah. No, um, for sure. Like, we'll we'll get to that. We're we're just sort of on our our, our brief critique here, yep. and just to sort of build upon that. I do feel like, just sort of to expand upon what you're saying, there are some sort of like what I would consider to be some like compositional issues where it sort of just feels like apart, 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 and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Uh, especially on time loops, like it. The, the transitions on that song are so... I mean, I love that track, but, like, the, the transitions on that track are just a bit awkward. Fortunately, that track is so fucking strong that you can't, like, be mad at it because it's got one of the best moments on the album, which is that atmospheric breakdown, you know, when those the synths come in and it's just, like, the kick drum for a second. That's fucking sick. Yeah, so that's where... That, that makes that breakdown hit even harder. When I see the seven members, I'm like, oh, okay, Member six. Now I see where your your, your part is here. Mm-hmm. Like that synthy side. I was like, okay, I, I I don't know. I would like to hear the synth a little bit more. I would like to hear the you know just. Well, I think that on that note, the violin is a lot more audible. I wanted to see the on violin this record. As well. Yeah, I mean, it, they really have like brought it to like the horror movie level of like creepiness. Oh. They should have done from the, the get go. I think it was almost mixed out of. I, 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 I was gonna say, if anything, the violin is more upfront for sure, and that's. Fucking great because before I was kind of scratching my head on Die on Mars. Like exactly you couldn't hear it at all. And and yeah, everyone agrees you could not hear it. And even live, I like, kind of, I mean, I didn't really understand. A little lost in yeah, the mix. Yeah. yeah. So at, at Mathcore Index Fest 2018, watching the footage, I definitely saw Amber doing parts that didn't make it onto the record, too. Hmm. Like during Fake Dinosaur Bones, there's this part where she goes, blum, blum, live, like right before the um, the changeling part hits. And Interesting. Like, it fucking it was a good it was a like it sounded good live. I'm surprised it didn't make the record. But yeah, it, it's good to hear Amber just like more prevalent in the mix on this go around for sure. Man, I'm realizing that even just on track one, violent astrology, I was already kind of like like having to look at my phone and check like where the fuck I was in this album. I already thought I was on track two. Like I was like, it's so. a bit hard to track where you are in the track listing for yeah. sure. I, I agree, but. I need to listen to this album more and get more used to the tracks and everything. But overall, I just yeah, just the three times I've listened to, it, I'm like, wait, what? The, wait, what? The, okay. <laughs> There's like a, this is just a wildly experimental record, though. Like you can tell that all this experimentation has really resulted in them like finding some very idiosyncratic ways of like navigating riffs and breakdowns and like Agreed. big lyrical moments. And the fact that they're like flirting so much this go around with like pop accessibility. And they're doing it Shit in a way... Shit is catchy. <clears throat> Shit's fucking catchy. Very. And they're, most importantly, they're doing it in a way that's, like, not aping their contemporaries in the CU Space Cowboy, which are just, like, very obviously drawing from stuff like Under Oath and Drop Dead Gorgeous. And Dowboys are doing it in a way where they're still, like, leaving their stamp on it, but, like, still inviting that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, I feel like with this album, I feel like I can compare them less with other bands than I could before, which is good. Because that means they are kind of dialing in their own fucking thing, mm-hmm. you know. So right. for that, kudos, you know. Um, I don't know, man. I gotta say, uh, even though I got lost in the sauce, I fucking that first track, "Violent Astrology," was probably my favorite of them all. That that track is definitely. It's a just I, I'm, I'm I don't know, man. If, if I'm I'm some I mean that open opening track, it should be kicking down the door, that kind of thing, and it really hit me strong, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying my favorite track. I, is the, that, it's because yeah. it's hard as fuck, and it's got that line about you're not John Wick, Wick you larping fuck. Fuck yeah, and then he's got the. But old, you like, want your die hard, but you want your die hard, but your trigger is stuck. It's like a, it feels like a callback to the opening of Die on Mars, like flip flops at a funeral, where it's just like 
one line delivery, mm-hmm. like one word delivery, like over and over. Going again. back to that, I mean, yeah, kind of bringing that southern preacher kind of vibe right off, right off the bat, you know, just like yeah. I was gonna say is there's a lot more atmospheric moments on this record. Like you can tell they spent a lot more time trying to like counterbalance those like more chaotic moments mm-hmm. with these more like atmospheric and moody pieces that are they just really like punctuate again punctuate those harder moments a lot more time loops i I gotta keep citing that song even though i feel like yeah even though i feel like there's some issues with how like the parts are maybe just like not effectively strung together i do really like the the spliced like vocal samples that are all like coming together for the, the one lyric and then Again, that atmospheric breakdown is like one of the finest moments on this record. I really feel like they pushed a lot of boundaries on this track in particular. Uh, Beautiful Dude Missile. I I love that track as well. (laughs) In in particular, it's just that like there's no answer chorus, you know, really unleashing their inner Mr. Bungle there with that. That is fucking awesome, dude. It's very unique. I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That track is like scarcely changed from the demo and I gotta say although I don't well maybe that's not true but I although I don't really appreciate like the clean guitar runs on the track like that part in particular the the, the chorus is just like so fucking massive Elephant Man in the, in the Room as well fucking it's a good one it's a damn good one I, I don't really care for like the random choral break in the beginning of the track but I mean, definitely like a ripper. Like it's like the first track, and that it's like pretty straightforward without too many like weird asides. What is delicious? Who swarms? The opening of this track is definitely one of the stronger moments of the LP. That the combination of like staccato, whammy play, mm-hmm. artificial harmonics, and then that like very brief synth core part, which again kind of drop dead gorgeous, or under oath, what have you. But, uh, but just like such a good moment that's like almost just gone too soon, you know. It doesn't like repeat. Overall, I feel like that seems to be the most played one. I'm looking at Spotify right now. Holy fucking shit, that one's played a lot more than the other tracks. Holy shit. I think it's because it's got that accessibility. Yep. I gotta say, the, this album closes super fucking strong. God though. damn right, dude. Star yep. Baby is just an I is an instant classic, and it's like iconic with those lyrics about wanting my callous star boys, and just like every aspect of it is super strong and memorable. Yep, loving Jackie's uh, bass guitar breaks on this track, which really just allowed the verses of the song to to shine as well. You know, like just tons of development in the structure and the lyrics are at their best. The title track—I don't think we talked about the title track as well. Not, that, yeah, yeah. Like, what really makes that track stand out is the the bridge. Like, it's like an anthemic, almost pop rock like guitar and vocal break that leads into like this soaring um it's almost like their math core brain is at war with their like pop brain you know what i'm saying once again though super fucking catchy but they like keep going back and forth in between that melodic part and then like it kind of like goes back into the the a riff i think it is or they definitely have not lost their math core math core side in this release by any means yeah I mean, the, they are all fucking over the place aside from the end of star baby like this this is like one of the biggest moments on the record of, of, of you know title track that is again it's like they're the the math core part of their brain is like at war with the pop side of their brain and it just keeps like jumping back in a way that is like is jarring but it's like so full of intention that like it's like i accept it there a lot more than Word. i do on other tracks because it's like it's spliced in you know they like they put various sections of it kind of like almost seemingly randomly into that 
into that song. Anyway. Well, so, I mean, th- th- that would, I would say that's my critique on most of the album. It feels like a little, some of it is a little spliced in at points. But because there of, it's, know, but there it's done like it's so done, fucking it's, good. In, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I intentionally write because they did it, but right. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds good. I, yeah. I would definitely point to title track being like compositionally, like one of the most ambitious tracks that like really lands on this record in terms of like the genre integration and uh, just like kind of like switching back and forth between the two. I think we should give them time loops though. I feel like time loops is like the track that you would show to somebody who was like just learning this band and like, you know, you were trying to like sell them on it. But yeah, the, just like the, I got to talk about the closing moments of star baby again, because the, the track, the, when, when those like soaring pop vocals come in, with the piano and horns, yep, it creates this moment. It's just like so triumphant that you feel like you're celebrating this band's success with them. And I realize the lyrics are completely disparate from that entirely, but it's like that's the way I feel when I'm hearing that because it's like such a a defining moment for them. You know, it's like we've really pushed ourselves with all this experimentation to the point where that we're comfortable with doing, um, you know, pop because like our fans just like love what we do. You know. Yep, it's. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a, a different sound from what they've had before. You know, I mean, I really don't want a full album of kind of that that idea, but you know, I think that it was done sparingly enough on this record that they got away with it. I I, I only see, <laughs> I, I see that their next record is going to be their best record. I think. I think that now that they've just like, they take so many experiments per record that their next record could only be their ne- their their best one. You know. It can only be their best record at this point. Get back to work, you guys. So we're going to go ahead and play for you a brief article regarding Time Loops, which is track two from <laughs> Celebrity Therapist, which is the Calista Boys' new album that came out on September 2nd, Mathcore Christmas, via MNRK Heavy. Here we go. Part of the dream. 
30 years later. She felt this way 800 times over. Like she had been here before. Repeating the same actions day in and day out. Star Boys command you to jerk off in your car. Yeah, that was good. What about it? I honestly, I love that line. It is so funny. What a what a epic epic lyrical moment. So that was a brief article regarding time loops by the Star Boys, and that's off their new album Celebrity Therapist, which came out on September second via MNRK Heavy. Monarch Heavy. Yep. The jury is still out on that. So next, we're going to talk about Sunflower. Sunflower are a mathcore quartet from Potsdam, New York. Jeff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Sunflower actually started back in a little bit of fan service there for you. Sunflower actually started back in 2010. They've been around for 12 years. And uh, I, I wasn't really aware of this band until like 2015 when they released No Hell. No, that tw- that was uh, 2018. 2018, and, gotcha. Yeah, they released this album called 1963 in 2015, and it had this really great music video for Deer Clock, which I remember distinctly, like the best, like kind of like breakdown, feedbacky breakdown track of the album. But yeah, it wasn't until No Hell that I really like caught wind of this band and like really started to see like you know why people liked them so much and. Um, yeah, No Hell was a No Hell was a great album. It was just like sort of hinting at what they've done on this album. And again, now they're back with their new album, their third full-length album, All These Darlings and Now Me, which they released also on September 2nd, Mathcore Christmas, via our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records. The album was produced by uh, Uriah Hackney of The Armed, definitely worth noting that, as well as mastered by Zach Weeks at God City Studio. Damn. So you know it Incredible sounds sources. good. 100% like your Ryan definitely like brought a special touch to this record pretty much I think zoned in on exactly the sound that they were going for picked up right away that they were really trying to like bring the the rock and roll vibes and there's just such a massive rock and roll vibe to this record. Um you can just really tell that they were trying to like recapture the magic of the golden age of rock and roll and I think they did it pretty goddamn successfully. Word, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a rocking album, man. Um, definitely got that. Uh, dare I say that 
every time I die, Southern Rock tinge there. So we're going to go from there with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that comparison. I think it's also just unavoidable, though. For for one, Jeff's register, his timbre, is very... So buckly. It's very, very similar. They probably just have... They're from the same area and probably have similar-sounding speaking voices. So naturally, they're... They're like vocal fry is probably going to be at least somewhat similar you know, for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that. And then I think that, again, just it's an inescapable influence for a band that's from the far northeast, northeast rather. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're if you're around Buffalo, I mean, you know, you know the deal. Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to like not find some level of inspiration from, you know, for many bands in the genre who aren't even like from that area. I think mm-hmm. that they've just left such a a massive thumbprint, a fingerprint rather on, on the scene. But this is like, even they're, they're taking like the rock and roll thing to like a level that is almost just like makes more sense. That is more cohesive. That is like in a way more natural and like more mature. Like they, 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 they themselves cite bands like Thin Lizzy and Creedence Clearwater Revival as like major influences. <laughs> all and, right. And all right, right. All right. Right from the first track, you can, I mean, you just know right what you're getting into because they they do the the Dobie Gray, uh, "Give Me the Beat Boys" and "Free My Soul." I want to get lost in your rock and roll and, and drift, drift away. away yeah. yeah, that that line is so wonderfully borrowed for the beginning of this record to to a point of of skillfulness that reminds me of Josh Skogen of the Chariot. Yep, I think it's a uh, Tony Danza's Tony Clifton surprise where where it's just that that little sweet child of mine. It's like do 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 do. It's just like chef's kiss. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, there's a number of moments like that on the record. The closing track, they said, "I bet they'll never make it." A line from Shania Twain, "Still the one." Goddamn right. So wonderfully implemented there, and so like. It's like an Easter egg. Like if you 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 blink and you miss it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that's like super super obvious. But yeah, th- those like just very clever kind of Easter egg moments are throughout this record, and those are like two of the the like the the most like obvious ones, I think. Uh, lyrically, Jeff writes some pretty awesome stuff. I would like to say, as well as his vocal styling, a little Buckley esque, which is totally fine. I just, I would like to say, I'm saying that because Buckley writes such good lyrics. That the lyrics are incredible, and they're actually not 100% written by Jeff. Ethan is, I, I believe, an English major or a, a writing literature major of some sort. Is Ethan the drummer? Yeah, Ethan is the drummer. But Shout out, Ethan. Yeah, so Ethan is kind of like, even though he's the drummer, he is like the. This band is basically his brainchild. He writes the majority of like the lyrics, and I think a good portion of the songs, like the song structures. Um, and for all of you out there that uh, in the, I mean, anybody that's involved in the mathcore community, you damn well know about this band. You know about the vocalist Jeff. Jeff is a is a character himself. Um, Fantastic photographer too. Yep. If um, you're not familiar with with Jeff's work, he did the cover for the Callous Cowboys' "Die on Mars." Um, Abrupt Decay's newest release. Going to plug uh, the guitarist as well, Jim. Uh, if you all want a, a lovely, quick, and smart mu- uh, video uh, Jim's movie, movie review. Jim's five-second music reviews. No, the movie reviews. Movie re- yeah, five-second movie reviews. Jim, kudos. Keep it up. You're doing great. Super, super funny. Yep. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, they, His all, reviews are pretty good. It's it's a great crew, Sunflower. They all like bring something like unique to the table for sure. I mean, for the I mean, as far as the music videos go through this whole wow. release, incredible! Um, I feel like every music video has just been uh, just um, unbelievably great good. concepts, uh, very well done, very professional. Like Crypt Fucker is a play on a Goosebumps episode. Yep, they use the moment to like really strongly enforce Jeff joining the band, and it's uh, directed by Gulab uh, Singh. I think his name is. Hmm. 
and really just fucking killing killing the uh, the cinematography on that and the title track yet Cryptwalker in particular just feels like an instant classic moment for this band where I, I think the heaviest podcast said it best where they said it's like the math core ever long because it really oh, just like oh wow it, it, okay. it paints those notes of like of melancholy but also of like um it's a bit uplifting too and i think that a lot of that has to do with the chords yep i like that i like that a lot yeah it's like uplifting and powerful but melancholy at the same time and there's like i think on this track in particular we start to see like the album's like primary themes come through which is nostalgia and grief you know dealing with a with dealing with loss but also like reflecting on the past and happiness too Mm -hmm. and i think i think crypt fucker lyrically really hits those notes uh you know just it's borderline iconic again like especially with i mean every track has that like that part moment but crypt fucker in particular has like three of those moments uh in particular where he says like a lost bird searching for a bigger worm than the one in my mouth I'm writing this from the parking lot, avoiding my empty home. Lines like that hit super hard. And uh, Oh Come Angel Band, Reluctant Prayers, Hand in Hand in Hand in Hand. Yeah, the Hand in Hand in Hand in Hand is is one of my favorites. Yeah, what a what a like a powerful end to that track. Like the the, the repetition, I think, really reinforces like the man talking about like Southern kind of preacher vibe. I think. Ethan and crew really sort of cultivated that vibe lyrically on this album as yep. well, especially with lines like "Oh, come, angel band, reluctant prayers." That is, that's actually taken from like a folk tune, I believe, like an Americana folk tune. Interesting. It's a great lyric. It is a good lyric yep. for sure. Very strong. Um, yeah, Crypt Fucker is like one of the strongest moments on this album for sure. Except all these darlings. Oh well, no. That's we'll, we'll get we're to that. Go, I was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna say strong and everything. We'll get to that. Okay. I mean, yeah, straight, <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, to, to talk about some of the other tracks, and we already established that straight to VHS is great with that Dobie Gray callback, and um, once again, music video. Mwah. Yeah. What I loved about the straight to VHS video is that they literally used VHS footage for that. What? Video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they they had a, a person come film their performance and not only used like their VHS quality Kept footage sneaking in VHS clips of like BMX bikes from back in the day and yes. monster trucks and shit fucking so the story mm, go ahead nothing just mm, the story with that is, that is that <laughs> it's yeah it's it's so like fucking fitting for the title and the story with that is that Carter's brother is like a bit of an archivist apparently and is just has like thousands of hours of old VHS like holiday special specials and stuff oh my god like Dude. backed up I'm probably getting high to most of his videos on YouTube. I watch archived 80s commercials and 90s commercials all the time because I'm because uh, I just missed that time, I guess. So yeah, he's one of those kind of people, um, and they they really used they tapped him well as a resource to create the straight to VHS music video. Well done, well done, guys. <clears throat> Brand new everything I thought was really fucking good too. Like, it's like so upbeat and has so many like stop on a dime changes. Yes. But it, it manages to still, like, bring, like, very powerful and memorable, like, rock riffs, you know? like yeah. And so many iterations of, like, like a good fucking, just a solid rock riff. I can't, I can't emphasize, like, how much they've, like, figured out how to, like, put a rock riff in this context, like, so well. And then put, like, a metalcore tinge on it, you know? Big City Shotgun, I thought that was really good, too. Just, like, that's, like, the big two-stepping number of the, the album. Word. Like all those, um, all those buildups, all those like those chugging parts that just like morph into such good, 
good two-steppers and just like the, the lyrics too um i wish i spent these last few years living instead of dreaming it's just that, that song is just like a little over it's over too quick though short and sweet yeah that's like one of my main issues with this album actually is that there is not enough of it like i wish there was more tracks like big city shotgun and uh track two the name is escaping me right now uh i feel like both of those could have just like gone a little bit longer Hmm. okay okay like they weren't like like they're like 60 seconds long they could have like especially big city shotgun like with the post-hardcore ending they really had an opportunity to like repeat that again and they didn't do it I also, since we're just on critique, I also feel like the instrumental was maybe just a little bit useless too. Absolutely, uh, like, it, it's it, not even like a it's not even like a particularly good instrumental. I don't think you guys are gonna be playing that live. I don't think it needs to be on the album personally. Myself, oh, did they do it live? They played it live. And Sorry, like, guys. It's like a good, it's a breather. At least it does provide that. But yeah, like if I had to like really seriously critique this album, that would be like my one big mm-hmm. beef is that. A, it's not long enough, and B, the instrumental felt like a, a waste of real estate on an album that's already sub-30 minutes. Christian and I are usually one to critique the middle of the sandwich fucking filler kind of thing going on, you know? Like, I understand, like, what it does, like, device-wise, but, like... Yeah, the breather, I guess, would be the main reason you'd probably put something in there like that, right? I mean, <clears throat> on an album unless you really just want to show everybody how sick that instrumental track is that you wrote. It's not that it's, like... The, my issue is not there's an instrumental. It's that there's an instrumental on an album this short, my, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like if it had mm-hmm. been like a, mm-hmm. just a little bit longer, it would have made sense to pad it out with an instrumental to like kind of like put you into like a longer track length or longer runtime. But yeah, I, I felt like that was a wasted opportunity where they could have brought us like one more, one more track with lyrics, maybe or right. I don't know. That's a very minor complaint, though. Overall, I love this album so so much. Like even after thirty listens. I'm like well into like 30 or 40 listens on this album from getting the, the masters and it still has like not lost like its impact and <laughs> that especially pertains to the title track to get to finally get to that the title track of this album <clears throat> first of all it's it's briefly hinted at in the track uh, seven trumpets in Astoria which is a great track in its own right but at the end of that track they they very briefly like kind of trail off into like this synth swells that sort of like foreshadows the main motif of the, I, the title track i feel that and it's such like a fucking good i mean the, the end of this album is strong like it sort of has that lull with the instrumental in the middle but the beginning and the end are so fucking strong like i mean the, the title track is a bit like um it's almost got like two phases the first phase is like very chaotic and like very like math core kind of oriented but when it hits the second leg of the track it hits this like crescendo this melodic like almost post metal post hardcore crescendo that is so mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. really reinforcing those those uh the themes of nostalgia and grief lyrically musically uh, and it's just like such it's like one of the best moments i've heard out of this band and like one of my favorite moments musically of the entire year from any album damn well said bud like it's such like a fucking triumphant crescendo that is like it's so powerful that it makes me think of my deceased father and like the grief that I feel when I think of him, but it also simultaneously like fills me with like the light of happiness, like from the memories, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that powerful. That is, that is perfect. That is perfect. What you just said. It is this. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
Christian and I, we list, like we were in the car last week uh, driving back from his hometown and we were listening to it. And we generally will send each other uh, through the years. I've said this before, but we send each other pictures of our goosebumps and our like uh, like hair standing up to show each other like how the song's hitting. And sure enough, it was just like, yo, bro, bro check it out, check it out. Just showing them in the car. Like, check it, check it. Like when this when this fucking hits, it's like, God damn. It, From dude. the moment I heard this track, I knew I had to work with Sunflower. Like they very early on sent me the demos and I was like, OK, I'm really digging this. But when yep. they went to the studio and sent me the rough cuts of the title track straight to VHS and Crypt Fucker. Like the moment I heard the chorus of this track, All These Darlings and Now Me, the title track, I was like, I have to put this out. This is so fucking incredible and just like moving. It's like a very emotional moment for the band that they haven't really, you haven't seen on any of their other records before. And there's still albums available, so I mean, if anybody out there ever wants to grab one of them or something like that, I mean, you know, since you're already plugging, right? yeah, I'd throw it in there. Definitely go scoop of a vinyl if uh, you're into this shit. Obviously, you can take whatever I say with a grain of salt because yeah, I help put this album out. But if you but, if you know me, you know I don't fuck with anything that I don't like. Love like, and you know that if you've pitched me something that I liked, and I was like, listen, I like this, but I don't love it. <laughs> play the record. We dare you. See what happens. You're gonna like it. So. I think I mean I, I, at first I was like we should give them Crypt Fucker because it's like the album's like launch single but clearly we gotta give them the title track because the title track is just the, the finest moment on this album Yep, it's such a an emotional crescendo and such a cathartic end of the album that and it's got something for everybody too. Again, if you- I have sent this track to quite a few people that um, do not completely listen to all extreme music that I do, but can bond with an emotive song. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have sent this track. And I said, "Hey, even if the first part isn't really for you, please give this track a try. Check out the lyrics." Like, so I mean, I have definitely shared this track with more people outside of my circle than I have in a long time with any extreme hardcore metal fucking grind track ever so uh for that sunflower thanks for making it accessible you know thank you for making amazing music yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to fucking to work with them on this this album and they are just like some of the most like passionate fucking musicians and uh some of the most like natural musicians too like they're really not like trying to force this shit this is just like what came to them yep. like yeah super super proud to be putting it out so I think we're going to go ahead and play for you All These Darlings and Now Me, which is the title track and track nine from Sunflower's new album that came out on September 2nd via our affiliate label, Dark Trail Records. Here we go. Not even the knowledge of creatures on our eyelashes for proof! Making water, begging vapor, making compass of water, green lakes, divination, Oh, no! 
So uh, that was All These Darlings and Now Me, which is the title track of Sunflower's new album that came out on Mathcore Christmas, September 2nd of 2022. So next we're going to talk about some news and new releases from the month of August. So, as most people already know, Botch dropped a new single, 122. Yeah. Actually, a a, uh, a Nudsen solo track that was sort of like a leftover B-side that was repurposed as a Botch song. It was kind of just a way to sort of bolster numbers behind a We Are the Romans reissue, which, you know, you can be stoked or sort of miffed about that, depending upon how you want to look at it. I definitely bought the record, but... You know, it, it felt a little bit, it sort of reeked a little bit of greasy capitalism, just a little bit, you know. Especially after you say that there's no, po- I mean, completely removing like we are, we, we're just this is a dead horse now. I'm sorry. We got we got to pump the numbers, kid. I've had we a- got to pump the numbers. We got to make those sales, kid. <laughs> I, that's all I feel like when I think about that botch track. It's like okay, well, yeah. I I, I, it's, I, okay. I it's okay. I didn't need a new botch track for this reasoning. I didn't need this. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. I'm, well, I'm glad to own the album, so I'm just going to... The album that was done, like, 20 years ago? Yeah, I oh, am. Oh, okay. I am. Okay, I am. Okay. Listen, right, I, want, I would like to own my favorite albums on vinyl. That's, like, kind of... That's kind of a cool thing, mm-hmm. arguably, at least, right? I just feel tricked. That's the only... I guess maybe... I'm I just feel like, tricked, too. That's it. That's all. Yeah. I, I need to get that out. I just yeah, Brian, tricked. you just... You made me feel really shitty, dog. I feel like I got tricked, yeah. I opened my gift, and he's like, and by the way, this isn't from Santa Claus. This is from, from Dad. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> fucking, why'd you say that? Like, on the one hand, I, like, totally respect, like, why one would not want to resuscitate a project that's, like, so long gone just due to, like, massive monolithic expectations that people might have, but... You confused your fan base that wanted to buy a record and wanted you to make new music, and what you did was kind of trick and just bum other people out. It's like, whoever didn't get upset, they just probably But do we bummed. want them to fail? Of course not. We want them to be successful and yeah. sell the records mm-hmm. and get the money for it, but yeah, it's just like... <laughs> I, I think that making the new the new track was the wrong move. I think that that was too much of a tease for me. Don't don't play with my emotions like that, dog. Just honestly, I'm just glad it wasn't a banger. Because if it was a banger, and oh, then then I'd be really I'd be mad. really upset. So at least I can be like, eh, I'll take a leave or whatever. Anyways. I did not see botch live, so this okay, whatever. We're, this is again me going back to so botch new track, no reunion, altered pasts by thought crimes which is a fucking ripper and we'll be talking about next episode. I sort of regret not scheduling it for this one, but drummer Billy Reimer of the Dillinger Escape Plan doing some fucking work on that shit and it's it's good. It's a bit like on the Deftones kind of Glassjaw worship side, but uh, it has its moments and it needs to be discussed, so we'll hit that. When the drugs that make you sick are the drugs that make you better. By Crippling Alcoholism, featuring members of Horse Torso and Needle Play, which we'll be talking about later in this episode. Lonely If You Go by Fall 50 Feet, also later in this episode. Throws by Throws, also later in this episode. Hawthorne Effect by Half Slug. Woe by Virgin Mother, featuring the homie Seb of Meth and Cadence Fox. And uh, lastly but not least, A Collective Hallucination by Pillar of Wasps their new single looking forward to that LP next year and that's it I don't have anything else you got any news or 
Okay. So next, we're going to talk about 156 Silence. So 156 Silence are a metalcore quintet from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they just released their new album, Narrative, back on November 2nd. Mathcore Christmas. And back in 2020, if you're not familiar with the band, they released a really fucking good album called Irrational Pull Oof. through Sharp Tone Records, which also put out their new one, of course. And uh, it was a pummeling and spooky batch of whammy and feedback-injected metalcore with uh, some really excellent vocal chops by Jack Murray. This rec- That record really just showcased what Jack was capable of of as a vocalist very fresh and new vocal approaches as far as metalcore and hardcore goes and everything um you said it earlier kind of new metally almost new metally yeah the, the spitting yeah. sort of rapping kind yep, of way yeah in that that soft singy it's not singy but like soft voice tone like it's it's creepy spoken it's words spooky, spoken spooky. words yeah. yeah um and i mean overall what christian just said this album uh, so well, you want to go then after this? They also released uh, an EP that we did. We cover the EP. I don't think we did. We did not. Uh, to be honest with you, Christian, and I really did not favor the EP as much. Uh, I didn't myself. I really didn't listen to it at all. Um, this release, though, uh, narrative definitely takes it back to uh, the original uh, release. I would say where they are still doing what they do, man. Um, that a lot of creepy, a lot of creepy uh, vocal. Um, going on a lot of that mm-hmm. spooky like boo tone. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, which you especially get in in say the phrase, which is like is is really really nice. I love the fact that they've kind of sort of embellished that even more to the mm-hmm. point where it's like it's kind of hitting some like eighties sort of notes for me. You yes, know? yes. Like the eighties like kind of like synthy notes are there, especially on say the phrase. You know. I lyrically, I really enjoy uh, this 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 album. I would say, man, it's overall. I'm gonna get out get out of the way. I I really enjoyed blasting through this album. I do have some. Um, I wouldn't even call them critiques. I, Chris and I were talking earlier, and just um, the vocal approach is so distinct. It's um, it's special in its own way, but I feel like sometimes he's going too much with the guitar tones. And Agreed. matching the pitches and like not, not ma- matching the the cadence, the cadence and delivery, the cadence. Thank you. And this this I, I've I've argued this before with other bands, and it might be like a Black Dahlia um, murder kind of thing where you play a Black Dahlia murder album, and like yes, you know it's all new music, but overall like it's just it's still the Black Dahlia murder, and that's great. It sounds great, you know. Um, any album you put on from them, I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking take it, you know? And I'm kind of getting it here. They're they're kind of building it up where now I have so much 156 silence I can listen to that I kind of get lost in what release it's in because it's all kind of sounding the same. You know, he's got the same vocal approach. Um, I got the same, like, with the bass, always that drum, you know, it's just, it's, and then the, the, the creepy tones come in, boom, boom. And like, it's, I, <laughs> they found a formula. I, they, think they, they, I mean, there's a formula yeah. and, and that's great. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. And, but it's so specific and dialed in that I think, I mean, let it rock, you know, um, like I'm saying right now, I'm maybe just kind of just 
pointing things out. I'm not even like upset or mad about anything really. It it kind of it is what it is. I um, think you've identified their formula though for sure. It's yeah, like, it's yeah they do. By it. by by, by <laughs> I know noises. Exactly. We mean you, like, you, the like I was like I was like bong. <laughs> 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 Woo-hoo, you know, it's like you know it's kind of like that. So I know yeah. exactly what you mean, which is, is so hilarious because those descriptions were so seemingly vague. But if you've heard a one five six five one excuse me one five six silence album, then. You know exactly what Levi is talking about. Oh, overall, though, though, man, I mean, I love, I love the music. I, I love going in and out of the breakdowns. I, I, they make me wait for the breakdowns, which is good. You got to put in that work sometimes, right? Um, the creepy tones are Just awesome. Restrained. The and the 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 type of singiness, kind of like that lazy, drugged out kind of singing that's going on. A little I'm, mealy mouth. I'm all fucking for it, man. Um, yeah, Jack. I mean, as much as sometimes I feel like Jack is putting too many words to. Attractive. He fills to like, it in, man. I, I, I imagine live, like controlling your breath for those kind of sequences must be very, very difficult. Like, mm-hmm. but I mean, the, the delivery is just fucking like vicious. Like, you can't argue with it. Like, it, the, the 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 product, the result is so super unique. It's good. Yeah, yep. it, it is. It is pretty unique. You don't hear too too many metalcore bands sort of doing this kind of like spoken word it's almost wrapped at times yeah like you know the you know it's yeah 100 percent um i so i i've said all i can Let's say really that point <laughs> i've said all i can say really about this 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 specific album i mean because once again it's one five six silence go back to uh rational pull and everything same kind of thing going on i i want to say another lost track three was by far my favorite um really solid breakdown in the middle and then it kind of went into this little chanty part and then the the snare kind of kicking mm. in duh, 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 duh. and it just kind of took me for a ride in no way was i lost in these tracks like i was with callous Dowboys. um i knew exactly where i was i knew what track i was on even though they're kind of like going in and There's out more of the transient-ish kind yeah. of shit you know um but once again i think it's because <coughs> i already know the equation of one five six silence callous Dowboys. i was kind of like holding their hands letting me just kind of leering me down a hallway you know um so yeah <laughs> it's a little less uh, it's a little more predictable here yeah I suppose. yeah yeah because once again i knew what i was getting so I liked uh, for all the blame quite a bit on this track listing as well. I thought that uh huh, that's a good one. Yeah, I I, I do like uh, just on the the subject of, of Jack spinning, like the the instrumental is kind of dialing back, clean guitars, just allowing the vocals to kind of like do their thing and like really take center stage in a way that they've been, you know, hinting at wanting to do in other songs. Yep, yep. Like the title track of Irrational Pull, for example, I felt like was definitely sort of designed to showcase like vocal chops. Say the phrase. That's the that's the best track. Say the phrase is probably the banger. That's the one that we're gonna give you today for sure. Yeah. Lo- loving the the kind of like synthy leads at the beginning, sort of hinting at the main motif. What he was saying with like the creepy kind of synthiness, that's really kind of where they're shining through with that. Um, yeah, say the phrase, right, man? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely. probably the yeah. So we're gonna give you say the phrase, which is track ten from One Five Six Silence's new album Narrative that came out on September second via. Sharp Tone Records. Here we go. I've said it for myself! I'm 
So that was Say the Phrase, which is from 156 Silence's new album, Narrative, which came out on September 2nd via mm-hmm. Sharp Tone Records. So next, we're going to talk about crippling alcoholism. That was well uh, placed there. Did you mean to do that? That was good, though. Completely All right, we're going to leave it at that. Completely <laughs> unintentional. Yep, that was good. Beer cracking open moment. Yep. I mean, 
First of all, I gotta say, I really I dislike the band name very Christian, very strongly. Christian hates it. Name. I like it because it's it's. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's kind of nasty. It's just like. Um, first of all, it's like I feel like a you're projecting, and b it's. I feel like it's 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 traumatic. It's like trauma inducing. Just hearing the awesome. name, yeah, definitely. Just hearing the name is like it like makes me feel weird inside. I don't know. I, I don't like it. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like if I was like, your dead dog is like my name. It's like well, you just brought into my fucking dead dog. Like, it's like I fucking hate this shit, man. Like, this is your ho- your horrifying heroin habit. How about, <laughs> yeah, how about yeah, that? How like, about that? Dude. You gotta. Is that edgy enough for you? Good fucking god. Yeah, so I don't like the name. Something about crippling is really the alcohol. Like alcoholism is one thing, but like crippling alcoholism is like, it's God such a damn it, fucking, that's yeah, terrible. such a uh, a succinct diagnosis. Um, but anyway, so this is a noise rock, an East Coast noise rock duo featuring Tony Clark of Needleplay and Nursing, and Danny Share of Horse Torso. What's up, Danny? So some really incredible musicians behind this project. That being said, my, my minor criticism of the band name, as much as it bothers me, like this is these are two powerhouse fucking players behind this project, and they just released their debut full length album, when the drugs that make you sick are the drugs that make you better, which came out on August twelfth, which was recorded at Black ha- uh, Black Heart Sound, where Wilziax records their stuff, and mastered at God City Studio by Zach Weeks, who did the Sunflower album. Damn. Okay. Uh, now I do. I gotta say. The album title, I like. That clicks with me a little bit more. It's it's verbose, but yeah, it's verbose, but it's it's there. You know? Who am I to criticize a verbose song title? Mm. I don't know, Christian. I'm not one to do it. That's okay, what I'm okay, saying. Right. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, uh, ultimately, uh, this album was not aware of this project. You know, naturally before Whoop. this. Hold on. Oh, you know, we're getting in there. Okay, sorry. Uh, I would say that uh, I enjoyed it. I was not much for the kind of Peter Steele vocals that were going on. Glenn Danzig almost. Yeah. yeah. So to understand this project, it's like noise rock instrumentals with like Danzig kind of baritone crooning. Or, yeah. Or crooning, Peter yeah, Steele. Cro- I, crooning. Yeah. I, I would say crooning too. Yeah. it's a, um, I mean, the lyrical content. I believe is, Metal Sucks calls it yarling. Really, Yarling? Oh, that's, that's great. And that's kind of like Peter Steele, like Yarling. That's, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where that... So, <laughs> I um, I did not really look into it lyrically what this was, but I could t- I could audibly just, you know, hear a lot of what he was saying. Uh, I do like the really dark lyrics. Like, I like a crooner talking about slitting a throat. Like, that's fucking sick <sighs> as fuck, dude. The lyrics are tough, too, but, honestly. Yeah, so... I just um a lot of a lot of self harm references. A lot of self harm. Yeah, it's, it's hard, dark. Like, it's, it's dark. It can be a bit hard to stomach. Yeah, it's like, it's like they had this emphasis on like goth and like to like a level that is almost like new wave. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm hearing like a noise rock version of The Cure with Glenn Danzig or Peter Steele fronting it. That's like the fourth time we've made that reference now. But, but, but it's just, I, I mean, I, I just, uh, I, I like a little bit of like baritone, talky kind of like vocals like that. But like, man, I can't do a full album of it. I just can't. Yeah, those, they're really like. That's me. They're That's really me. bringing back the 80s new wave and goth elements that we saw on the nursing record. Only this time it's like way more focused on that it's yes. like they, they dropped all the math core influences of the nursing project in favor of like really embellishing these 
new wave and more noise rock elements for sure this is interesting though because i feel like this album we're talking accessibility before like i could show this to a few people and due to the vocal stylings it might grab a few people that are not into said mathy projects Mm. and things like that well most songs don't even approach that territory sonically it's like you hear you know it's like there's a couple songs that like really have those like kind of like pummeling noise rocky dissonant moments but for the rest of it's the kind of like Synthy, sort of, out kind of in a way, more restrained. Yeah, I, you know, I want to say that maybe part of that is sort of like Danny anchoring the composition a bit, allowing for um, more like repeats on certain parts. I don't know, just allowing more of the composition to like be mm-hmm. like repeating. Um, don't have my phone read right now, but uh, uh, um, uh, for uh, for the for the tracks though, um, the opening track honestly was my favorite. I can't remember what any of the names of the fucking tracks are right now. Dead air. Sorry, y'all. I have my phone charging. Yeah, just looking at the track listing. Beloved, I feel like the opener, although it, it does take a little bit to like get to what I would consider to be this exciting part. Like the opening is pretty goddamn strong. Like it just yeah, it's like it takes a couple minutes to get to the point where it's like really seeing some more like rapid development beloved yeah i think that your body as a gulag was like the most exciting track for me personally i think it's the the podcast song too wow i didn't notice that title but that's a heavy fucking title yeah right holy fucking shit yeah um i like yeah let's play that one i don't even remember that one that one the reason i like that track so much and it's it's sort of obvious if you listen to the album a couple times is because it's got the, the most like overtly kind of like abrasive dissonant and dare i say math core kind of elements it's like as close to nursing as we're gonna get on this album basically although beloved does have a couple moments like that too it's it's your body as a gulag where i'm like really where i like look at the track listing every time and i'm like damn what what song is this this is fucking awesome Holy fucking shit, this album cover's crazy too, dude. Yeah, it is. It's definitely... It's like it, crop circles with like the, the corpse and like, holy fucking shit, man. Well, the, the head of the, the character depicted on the front always reminds me of the um, the Mars Invasion movie, whatever it is. Mars it? Attacks? Mars Attacks. Yep, 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 yeah, yeah, the actual like, yeah, I can see that. I can see what you're saying there. <laughs> yep, good, good call. Anyways, yeah, Um. so what do you think? Uh, your body's a, as a gulag? Yeah. So we're going to play for you Your Body as a Gulag, which is off of Crippling Alcoholism's new album, When the Drugs That Made You Sick Are the Drugs That Make You Better. And that came out on August 12th. Here we go.
All right, so that was Your Body as a Gulag, which is track five from Crippling Alcoholism's new album, When the Drugs That Made You Sick Are the Drugs That Make You Better. Mm, hear that. <laughs> which came out back in August. Levi can relate to this on multiple levels. What are you saying? I'm saying that you're a fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, all right. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes. I mean, I'm not going to say no. But I'm going to say yeah, baby. Maybe you're not. But I am going <laughs> to yeah, say yeah. yeah. Maybe you're not. Are you a, is a, is a lush? What, what is it? Well, I, I what, describe myself as a lush. What degree of a drunk is, is a lush anyway? I, is, I it like, is it like a really like dire drunk? Or is that just like kind of like a no, moderate? I, th- I feel like a lush oh, is like. he's a lush. It's like a yeah. lovable sort of. When you, when, you, when you go in deep fast, I feel like you're a lush. Where it's like if I look look. Like, you have a drink, and I look back, and, like, you're just shit-faced. It's like, god damn it. Like, that kind of thing. That's more of a lush. I will say that even when you were, like, hammered, you were still, like, standing and, like, very, like, talkative but and, what like, do, but what do I incoherent. Do? But what do I do? I usually do the Irish you duck, exit. You duck. You duck hella. I get the fuck out. I also respect that, too, because, you, you like, you know when you're done, though. You're like, yep. I'm out of here. I gotta here. go. I gotta get out of here. You're about to make a bad decision. <laughs> a bad decision. <laughs> I'm just worried about, like, embarrassing myself, because I already do it, like, on a daily basis when I'm sober, so... You and I both, absolutely. Yeah. I like the nights when I'm drinking, and then I feel like I've left the party like a <laughs> distinguished gentleman, and in the morning people tell me, like, wow, you were really... You you, you, you you ran into that wall before you... <laughs> I was like, did I? I ran into that wall? <laughs> you jumped out the window head first. <laughs> okay. You went through the screen door. <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about Fall 50 Feet. Fuck Yeah. So, Fall 50 Feet are a metalcore band from Wheeling, West Virginia. Although, I, I think some of the members might live in Columbus, Ohio now. I, I'm such a stickler, I have to point that out. And last year, they released their debut full-length album, Twisted World Perspective, which was a great fusion of catchy and melodic post-hardcore, metalcore and mathcore uh, that really combined like catchy choruses with like heavy breakdowns and like, yes. technical instrumentals. One of our favorite albums of 2021. Great fucking singing going on. Great singing. Just what what a great combination of fucking metalcore and uh, post-hardcore. It, it, everything I just said. <laughs> and um, although they, they kind of like dropped the mathcore stuff, disappointingly, a little bit, uh, at least, on their newest EP, which is called Lonely If You Go. We got three tracks to work with here, people. It's, it's just a three-track EP, but already I can kind of see, you know expectedly that they're sort of shifting more into like the melodic post-hardcore melodic metalcore sound man it's i mean there is melodic it's melodic you know but overall i felt like all three tracks really had some fucking fuel behind them i know it is a little less mathy track three felt a little more mathy to me that's the one for me personally you know yeah. um but meet me overboard <sighs> is the name of the track i, I honestly track one was going to be the one that i would favor the most um, I felt that they definitely did take away the mathcore side and really kind of honed in on that classic just metalcore riffage going on. Some really familiar but classic, and I don't mind hearing them again, chugs going on. Man, like, I swear to God, this band has the chops to be huge. Absolutely. The way they write music, the way they write these, like, metalcore hooks... The way they write their lyrics and their melodic parts. The, the hooks are so fucking catchy. The, the way that it's all sequenced, the way that it's all composed is like is like far above their station, basically. Like they write music like a band that's like way bigger than they actually are. They should really be in all rights huge with the with the sound that they have. Well that, that, said, that, bud. Well that they're, said. They're, they're developing. 
like seeing them at Mathcore Next Fest 2022, I was like, damn, this. I can see this band like next year just being fucking huge. And when you've got like Jim doing stuff like Plastic Furnace on the side, which is like really fully embellishing that kind of like Weezer, newfound glory or whatever you want to call it, kind of like emo punk style too. Like you can see it's it's all there. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, overall, though, uh, I would say uh, you know track one, uh, "Lonely If You Go," that'd be my favorite. I, I do. Uh, I appreciate um, where the track goes, and uh, they do kind of mix, you know, some some. I guess it's not just all metalcore, you know. There's a little right. other genre activity going on there. Uh, track two, uh, it's it's also good. Uh, we got a little cl- collaboration with a uh, Zombie Shark. Haven't heard uh, from Zombie Shark in a while. Oh yeah, Zombie Shark still very much active. Just did a collaboration with Rob Cardi of Doctor Acula quite recently. Fucking a man. Uh, but I, overall, uh, Fall Fifty Feet definitely surprised us or surprised me with these three tracks, and I will fucking take them and take a little bit more if you guys got them in your back pocket. For sure. I mean, I'm not like incredibly surprised. I think that it was really obvious on Twisted World perspective the potential for them to be like an under oath kind of style band was was there all along and. Um. Here comes Irma up the driveway. And I don't have any beef with them, like, dropping, like, the math core shit at all. I think that it, it totally makes sense for them. I, I'm enjoying it either way, like, that, and that's clearly why we're talking still, about like, it on this start, episode. Stop, there's still, like, start-stoppy yeah. elements, you know, and, like, you know, the there's breakdowns. There's still chaos. There's yep. still, yeah, breakdowns. Yep. There's still the, the feedbackiness and um, a little bit of whammy play, too, which I was enjoying. They kind of had their me and him call it us moment on the CP. But uh, ultimately, I think we should give them the last track, though. Okay. Uh, which would be Meet Me Overboard. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Meet Me Overboard, which is track three from Fall 50 Feet's new EP, Lonely If You Go, which came out on August 26th. Here we go.
so that was Meet Me Overboard, which is track three from Fall 50 Feet's new EP, Lonely If You Go, which came out on August 26th. So the last release we're going to talk about is Throws. And Throws are a metalcore band from Boise, Idaho. We talked about the band back in 2015 when they released their fantastic debut EP, To Dust, which brought some really aggressive, angular, dissonant metalcore was one of my favorite releases of that year. Yes. And we talked about them again in 2019 when they released their debut full-length in the hands of an angry god, which saw them leaning far more into the sludge uh, elements and just kind of like moving away from the chaotic, dissonant, and aggressive elements, uh, with the exception of a couple tracks. So now the band are back with their self-titled 7-inch, and I can see right away that they're trying to like really turn the clock back to that earlier, more chaotic dissonant sound that we saw on their their EP that more like angular kind of like Gaza approach and like less of the like sludgy like post metal kind of approach you know we saw them during the two dust era we did so they fucking killed too. yes it was great so um, good I was like an instant fan I, I, I when I listened to this one I could tell this is a I, I, I see why we covered this now mm-hmm. that kind of thing I was like oh throw okay oh 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 throws that kind of thing mm-hmm. when I played the EP so uh, yeah this is a great fucking uh, once again a very a big surprise coming up here with this one and uh, give me more yeah there's not really a whole lot to talk about here I, I do find it curious that they decided to name their this this seven inch this two track seven inch their self titled release of course they could very certain- confused by that. I mean, they could arguably come back with a full-length called Throws and called that... You know, some bands have done, like, self-titled EPs and self-titled Maybe a big inches. lineup change, do you think? Daughters. I hate to cite the canceled band, but, they I mean, they did self-titled EP and self-titled album, so there's no reason that this band can't do the same. Son of a bitch, you're right, they did, didn't they? But, but I guess my point is, is that they're, like... Doing that feels like a statement of this is the sound that we are trying to to present you with like here going forward this is the sound that we identify with yeah i feel like a self-titled isn't like oh we just couldn't think of a name i feel like self-titled is like you use that to be like this is us right that kind of thing yeah I, yeah i agree i agree i mean good point with that yeah uh, with the ep and the lp never thought about that but sure enough they did that didn't they yeah for oh, sure okay. uh, yeah daughters you mean yeah daughters yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It sucks just going back to that. I cannot, I literally cannot enjoy their music anymore, dog. Like, I, I can't fucking. I haven't can't played like, anything yet. Haven't played anything to this day. To this day, yeah. I have not no. gone back and listened to their music yet. Every time I think about it, I'm like, I give it a second thought. It doesn't even come up on shuffle anymore, as if, you know, Spotify knows. Spot, uh, weird. Oh, I mean, do you really think an algorithm knows? Probably, yes. I think if a lot of people are deliberately. Stop listening. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, it probably, that's kind of. I'm sure they went from like you know 100,000 to like far less listeners. So everybody out there, stop being badmen. Stop. Just be nice people. Just be good people. I mean, you can certainly listening to your music. I mean, (laughs) god damn it. This is not. I'm not trying to like shift this discussion away, but I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying their music. Like I don't. don't There's anything wrong about talking about them or even citing them, but it's like it's such a huge asterisk asterisks I can't say that word right now it's still fresh in our heads yeah it's like it's such a huge blemish that it's like it's hard to talk about it in all good consciousness and like give them any kind of artistic credit I feel that bud I feel that recently there was this blog called the noise blog that <clears throat> cited dark trail like in a bunch of like dark trail releases in an article about like the new wave of math core alongside of mentioning that 
daughters is like a pivotal influence in like the current wave of math mathcore, and a lot of people like got or a few people got upset about the fact that there was mention of daughters. It's like you can't be revisionist about the history of the fucking genre. Yeah, yeah. like we can we can all fully acknowledge their importance while still acknowledging and not ignoring the you know the the problematic nature of the band's vocalist which is an uh, honestly an understatement canada songs is still canada songs yeah i'm, I'm not going to underscore like the importance or the, the artistic value of those albums but yeah it's like it's fucking it just sucks so i can't i feel like we I can't can, enjoy it anymore i feel like we can at least drop the name in a review we can do something like that it's we can gonna, be like sounds like this right. like, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be a while before i like fucking go and like throw on a vinyl for mm. example though you know yep. it's gonna be a few years back to throws though back to throws though yeah, so new self-titled EP. Out of the two. It, it feels like a return to form. They, they're both fucking rippers. Honestly, yeah. you can't go wrong with either one. New Gods or... Um, what's the other track called? Man, this fucking Matador. Miserable it's, uh, Being. This Matador really uh, kind of sums cover. up... Yeah, just... that's a, it's, 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 it's a good photo. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a, a Matador getting gored. I would say he... Yeah, this this one he lost. This, this, the, this Matador definitely got uh, the short end of the stick. Or maybe yeah. he hasn't been gored yet, but like his... His instruments. No, he's not of, gored. No, he's 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 getting mauled over. He, now both horns are exposed. They're, yeah, his not. his instruments of torture are in the air. I was gonna say, like basically, he's with he's he's like without a paddle right now on the picture. So that's uh yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's thought provoking the cover of the EP for sure. Yeah, I think miserable. Excuse me. Uh, I think New Gods is the track though. I mean, they're both fucking rippers, but New Gods is the one that we're gonna hey, give you. Hey, opening track, self titled. Let's fucking do it, baby. So we're going to give you New Gods, which is track one from Throws' new EP, their new self-titled EP, which came out on August 19th. Here we go.
Alright, so that was New Gods, which is track one from Throws' new EP, which came out last month. Shit's got some groove to it. Well done, boys. Definitely. Loving loving the uh, the callback to the more to dust style. I, I feel like they're they, they, they sound more comfortable and natural there and it just it just goes way harder. I don't know. So before we wrap this up, just another reminder, please check us out on Patreon. If you made it to the end of this episode, do me a big fucking solid and go on Spotify and leave us five stars. I I don't like the look. We, we got a 4.9 with 19 votes right now. Which do, you, means, do you do stars on, on Spotify? Yeah, we do. So we don't care about Apple Music anymore because nobody uses that shit. But if you could leave us five stars on Spotify, that would be, be fucking massive. Follow us. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Please follow the podcast, too, especially if you've made it this far. Like, come on, dog. Like, mm-hmm. Do us a solid. And if you don't think that we're absolute fucking trash, you know, give us a give us a favorable review. Five stars is what we ask, but you know, we're, we're at a four point nine. We, we I don't think we ever phone it in, but you know, there's there's some flaws. We're not we're not perfect. We're definitely not perfect. We also we also critique things too, which I feel like just earns us automatically. Like someone's like, nope, fuck. Even if mm-hmm. it's like a good podcast, and like, also no, fuck these guys. there's a percentage of the world out there that just hates the sound of our voices, that's and that's fine. okay. Yeah, yep. I can live with that. Yep. There's only going to be like more of those as it gets bigger. So I've already, I've, I've sort of like come to grips with that already because Math Core Index is just like it hit that point that we now have just like certified fucking haters out there, and it's it's annoying, but. You just learn to, like, tune them out. It's like, you go to their profile, and they've got 15 followers, and it's like a clear, like, shill account that they just, like, use to, like, fucking hate. That's everybody out there. Just keep doing, just keep doing you. Anybody who matters is usually not hating on us. I'll just say that. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Which is nice. That's nice. It's good. That's incredibly arrogant to say, but also true. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 86th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful.